1: E. G. Marshall, what does the name Edith Cavell mean to you? Of course, they didn't know it at the time when her parents named her, but Edith means happy in war, which is fairly ironical when you consider Nurse Cavell was perhaps the greatest civilian casualty of World War I. Why did hundreds of thousands of British and French soldiers carry her name in their hearts? We will learn presently.
2: There's someone at the front door. Take a peek out this window, Sister White, and see who it is. Oh, it's three men in
0: civilian clothes. I wonder who they are. It it could be the German secret police. Go let them in. But Nurse Cavell, the Germans are searching every house, looking for escaped Allied soldiers. They won't find them here in a hospital. We've got two dozen soldiers hidden up in the attic right this very minute. Mm.
1: Our mystery drama, Angel from England, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Marion Seldes. It is sponsored in part by Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule, and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. New mid sized Buick Regal. It meets the demands of today. A little size, Without losing the special things about Buick that people have always loved. Now that's some trick. A little magic. On the outside, it's trimmer than last year's Regal Coupe. A little science. Yet there's more headroom, more legroom, more trunk room. A little magic. With the wizardry of a turbocharged sport coupe.
0: A new buyer.
1: And such traditional Buick qualities as luxury, elegance, and prestige. the new regal a down to earth dream car, at your Buick dealer. They surely will have found you the
0: amazing things you see. Sometimes the they're built so How can
1: A little magic, a little giant, a little magic, a little giant, a little magic. The time, the early 1900s. The place, England. The person, a beautiful and intelligent English girl. The problem... What shall she do with her life? She has graduated, been a governess to four Belgian children for five years, returned home to nurse her father through an illness, and will tell you her favorite stanza is by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, which says, Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. That was then the makeup of Edith Cavell, a young woman whose special nature actually beckoned the hand of fate.
2: While I was taking care of father, I knew I had to be a nurse. I trained and it became my whole life. Then... A job heading a nursing school in Belgium was offered to me. Oh, I thought I was the luckiest woman on earth. Many girls came to us, were trained into fine nurses, and I myself learned as I taught. Every year I go home to Norfolk in the north of England for my mother's birthday. July of 1914 was quite different. Germany had declared war. I knew my place was back with the Red Cross in Brussels. There would be
1: many wounded. Colonel Beaugert! Colonel! Over here. Sergeant Meachin. Get you... Yes, sir. Sergeant Meachin, sir. (laughs) How badly are you, O'Neill? I... Get you, Sergeant Meachin. Germans will have us all in that crossfire. Where's the rest of the company? I'm afraid I'm all that's left. Most of them scattered for retreat. Can I help you out of there? I don't think I can make it. I've got it three times today. Oh. i just rest a little and try to stay alive. I'm going back to get help, sir. Oh. Oh. I told you to keep down. Oh, Lord. My head is bleeding. What? How bad is it? Oh, I do regret the inconvenience to you, Colonel. Let us try something around that scalp. Oh, it's amazing, sir. It doesn't hurt at all. I suppose that means anything, sir.
2: Only well, it you've got a very hard head. My darling mother and family, a few lines from your daughter, Edith. Brussels has fallen into the hands of the enemy. We must prepare to live in an occupied city. I've told all the nurses and sisters they can go, but none of them will leave. I shall think of you to the last, and you may be sure we will do our duty here. God bless you and keep you safe.
0: Nurse Covell,
2: may I come in? Certainly, Mrs. White, I- I'm just finishing a letter home. Oh, you were out this morning. Is it true about the chestnut trees in the Avenue Louisa? Chestnut trees? I know that avenue. Before the war, I spent five years as a governess, taking care of four children. That's where we live. I'm
0: sorry. I I just can't think about that. Miss Cavell, isn't it frightful about what the Germans did in Dinant? Dinant? The town of Dinant? I hadn't heard. I met the Reverend Gahan in the street. He told me. It's so awful. They, the Germans, they lined up all the people of the town in the square. Men on one side, women and children on the other. This was yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday was Sunday. The people came out of church. Everyone. All day the people waited in the square, guarded by soldiers. <laughs> I can't go. The men were shot. <laughs> Women too. The German soldiers stood in the center of the square and fired, kept on firing, until every single soul had fallen. <laughs> Six. 100 people, men, women, children, and babies. Oh, my God. And yesterday was Sunday. (laughs) Sister White, I want you
2: to come out with me now. I am told the chestnut trees on the Avenue Louisa are blooming for the second time. I was going there to see them and mail my letter. Chestnut trees. You see how little attention nature pays to man. Man <laughs> destroys, and overnight, nature blooms again. Life is renewed. Every day, the sound of shellfire in the distance. The Germans taking town after town in their march to Paris. We have had some German wounded here at the hospital, but no Allied men. Where are they taking them? Michin.
1: Michin. You awake? Well, <coughs> oh, yes, yes, of course. Certainly I'm awake. Well, we've got an hour to talk plans until the hospital orderlies make their next round. I want to show you something. Oh. <coughs> Shall I turn on a light? No, no. There's enough moonlight coming in that window. Yeah. You know, Colonel, I'm really quite surprised that the untreats us with so much courtesy. One isn't like a Prisoner, here, eh? More like guests in a German field hospital. It's a good thing we are so lax. Otherwise, the Belgian underground could never get to us. Sergeant, tonight, you and I are escaping this field hospital. What? Tonight? You sound surprised. Oh, no. No, not at all. I, I knew we would eventually. If it hadn't taken me all these weeks to grow a respectable beard, we'd have been on our way sooner. See, here. Uh, with his black hat and cape, our underground friend Albert strolled into us. I think I can pass for a Belgian civilian. Yes, very good. Uh, uh, what about me, sir? Did Albert have a costume for me? I talked it over with him and he suggested a hunchback. What? Disguise myself as a hunchback? I'll show you. I got the outfit under my blanket. Oh, go ahead, put it on. It's a workman's coat... And Albert has sewn padding into it. There. Oh, not bad. Quite good, in fact. You do look... Oh, yes, I must say. <laughs> you think it's effective? <laughs> it had better be. Come, gentlemen. Oh, Albert, old friend. Good to see you. May I say, Albert, I'm equally happy to be here. I don't think I could have lasted much longer. You had no problems with the centuries or the doctors? No, no too Albert. At two, we walked out the door. What time is it now? A little after six. We've been walking for a good four hours right down the main road. Hard to believe. You'll be safe in my barn for the present, Colonel. Now, our underground has some other English soldiers hidden in the woods. They are waiting like you. Waiting? For what? For the Allies to advance so they can join them. your first problem is to stay alive. Secondly, how? Thirdly, where? You have three choices. Hiding in the coal mine our big woods or a big city. Uh, in the coal mine, I would say no. The cold weather is almost here. In the woods, I would also say no. Uh, I can see, Colonel, you need medical attention. That leaves the third alternative. Is that it, Albert? Ah, uh, yes. The city of Brussels. I will myself bring you both to the station, get you train tickets to Brussels. You both sit in different parts of the train, and I shall make the arrangements so you are met when you arrive. Yes, but Brussels is occupied by the enemy. How can we stay out of sight? Oh, well... There is a nurse who runs the Red Cross Clinic, and you will go there. An English woman. English? Oh, well... We shall certainly get good treatment for the colonel's leg. Well, it is not only her medical knowledge you will find useful. Ah, what do you mean, Albert? She has managed to hide in the hospital several escaped French soldiers. Ah, Splendid. Think what she might do for two Englishmen. Perhaps even get us across the border. Oh, yes, quite possibly. Well, then, what are we waiting for? Let's be off for Brussels. I need two days to make
2: the arrangements. Food was getting very expensive in occupied Brussels. Even Jackie, my pet sheepdog, was beginning to feel it, but never complained at scraps from the table. All the nurses were making clothes for the poor. It would be a terribly hard winter living here under the Germans. I was in my office making up our accounts and Sister White reading a month-old copy of the London Times... Be quiet. There's someone at the front door. Take a peek and see who it is, Sister White. Uh, this window.
0: It's three men in civilian clothes. I wonder who they are. It could be the German secret police. They look disreputable enough. Go let them in. But, Miss Cavell, the Germans are searching every house, door to door, looking for escaped Allied soldiers. They won't find them here in the hospital. We've got two dozen soldiers hidden up in the attic right now. Sister, don't worry. (whistles) Open the door before they become too suspicious.
2: And bring the three of them right here into my office. Then leave us.
0: Alone? All
2: right, gentlemen. I think we can take care of you. Sister White? Yes? Miss Cavell. May I introduce Colonel Dudley Bosier of the Norfolk Regiment and Sergeant Fred Meekin? Uh, yeah. They have suffered wounds, and for a little while we shall try to make them as comfortable as we can. Au revoir, and thank you.
1: How do you do, Sister White? I'm pleased to meet you, Miss. Oh, my goodness, you, you're both English. And uh, both welcome. <laughs> oh,
2: English, but, but what if the Germans? They won't find out. This will be our little secret. Now, if you'll both sign this form for the operation.
1: Operation? Oh, no, no, I don't want anything amputated. This foot will get better. I'm perfectly well. And Sergeant Meachin's head wound is quite healed. No, we don't need an operation. I thought you were going to help us cross the frontier. That, gentlemen, is the operation. This was how it began. How nurse Edith Cavell, running a training center for nurses in Belgium, became involved in hiding and dispersing British soldiers. The colonel and the sergeant were the first of actually hundreds of Allied soldiers who were not only healed at the hospital, but when well enough, were spirited across the border back to England to rejoin their regiments. I shall return shortly with Act Two. Come, let's follow a most remarkable cold medicine on its journey of relief. The medicine is contact, the same 12 hour contact you can buy. Though it weighs no more than an aspirin, the capsule is packed with enough medicine to help relieve cold symptoms caused by every known virus. A sip of water, and we're off. Contact begins its work. The 600 tiny time pills leave the capsule on their own important journey, each in turn releasing its precious medicine into your bloodstream where it's needed most. Relief begins. Incredibly, for the next 12 hours, the virus symptoms, your sneezing, swollen membranes, congestion, will be held at bay all day while you work, all night while your body rests and restores itself. All day, all night relief, no matter what cold virus attacks. That's the wonder of contact. Give your cold to contact. Take only as directed. a Belgian during World War I and were not called up. If you were, say, an old farmer, retired schoolteacher, an elderly shopkeeper, or if you were a woman or a young girl, you did everything you could to undermine the grip the enemy had upon your country. One of the best ways to help liberate your country was to join the Maquis, the underground, and rescue Allied prisoners. Edith Cavell, in her hospital in Brussels, was the only Englishwoman who joined the Belgians in their surreptitious battle against the occupying Germans.
2: How could I turn anyone away from our doors? The code of my profession, care for and heal the sick and injured, had to take precedence over the
0: military code of the invaders. Nurse Cavell, we're getting more warm bodies than we have beds for the entire French and British armies know that through us, they can get safe passage home. Mr. White, I haven't time for generality.
2: Have you told Lance Corporal Delman and Corporal Chapman to be dressed and ready at five? They'll be ready. They have their false passport. Oh, everything's in order. The pictures you took for the passport are a little fuzzy, though. I know. I must get some better film somewhere. Well, it may be the camera. Oh, I hope not. But the likenesses are reasonably good, aren't they? Oh, yes. Good enough. Now I have a cart and a load of wood. And with the cart, they should be able to get themselves to Antwerp easily enough and then on to Holland and England. But well, how do I contact their guide? Take them to the usual cafe. Lay this torn visiting card on a table. Then order three beers. Someone will pass by your table a little after quarter past five and lay the matching torn half of the card on your table. Mm-hmm. The man and Chapman will get up without a word and follow the guide. Then you will return the glasses to the bar.
0: Oh, a visiting card torn in two. What a fantastic idea. Who ever thought of it?
2: <laughs> the Reverend Gahan. He's joined our call. Oh. I went to see him the day before yesterday. He gave me half of the card, kept the other half, and will give it to the guide who will take the two soldiers across the Dutch
0: frontier. Oh, marvelous. <laughs> oh, I'll go to the window and peek out. It's, it's the coal man. We didn't order any coal. It could be the German police. Well, his face and hands are absolutely black. Couldn't it be an escaped soldier in disguise? No, not likely. Oh, Sister White,
2: look out into the square in front. Are those workmen still clearing it? Oh, yes. They're still there. But do you notice they're not working? They're there to watch us. Have Be quiet. Well, we'll have to answer it. Just go and let the man in, Sister White. I can't say I haven't been warned. Reverend Gahan has been saying it for weeks. He told me the secret police would come here and search the place. Go on, sister. At least I've hidden all our report. Aren't you afraid for for the men in the attic? When you've let the man in, go up the back stairs and warn them. They know how to feign illness.
1: Go, hurry. I didn't order any coal. <laughs> I know you didn't. Edith, it's me, Philip Bulk. (sighs) Philip. Philip, you shouldn't have come.
2: The hospital is being watched. What if you were recognized? Mm, The chance I had to take.
1: Edith, you must leave the country. Try to get back to England. You're going to be arrested. There is one man, Otto Meyer, whom they have put in charge to get you. Is that true? I've been singled out of all the others? Look. This morning, I disguised myself as a German officer I went into the private office of von Bissing, the German military governor. I was, shall we say, liberating some documents to send to England. And from the next room, I heard him tell Otto Mayer die Kavendmissandermau again. The
2: firing squad? Oh, no, they wouldn't. No woman has ever been executed. Yes, is.
1: Don't be too sure. They are all madmen. Look what they did to Louvain. Burnt every book into priceless ashes. Sacked the city. Took them six days, but they did it. They'd do anything to terrify. But to execute a nurse? Oh, no, they couldn't. Three years hard labor, perhaps. But I'm not asking only for your sake. What about the others? Reverend Gahan, Prince Reginald, and the Princess. Henriette, Albert.
2: Every member of our unorganized organization... But you didn't mention
1: your name. Okay. When I print 25,000 copies of our underground paper five times a month, only I am responsible. If they catch me, don't be. My bad luck. But you, they will force you to tell everything. They know how. You're being watched. Those workmen out there, they dig a hole and fill it in. They're secret police. But I can't run away. Look, put yourself in their shoes. How would you feel if hundreds of your enemy escaped in front of your very nose to come back one day to kill you? No, I I can't. You're in there. Open the door. Cold man, you hear me? Your cold cart is blocking the sidewalk. I want it moved right away. That's Mayor. I recognize his voice.
2: Go with it somehow. I'll hold him off. There have been searches before. I'm not frightened. Will you stop before it's too late? How can I? I've heard there are more men hidden out there in the woods. Isn't that so? Yes, yes, more than 30 in Cambrai. Then I cannot
1: stop what I'm doing. Call me! In the name of the Gahana Politische Polizei, I order you to come out.
2: Philippe, if a single one of those dirty soldiers are taken and shot, it would be my
1: fault. <laughs> I, I, I will come back later. This cord bag is full of our newspapers, which I must distribute. Don't say anything, Edith. Don't do anything. Be careful, for me. For all of us. Open the door. Hey, what is all so this noise, eh? Can't the core man make it on his day's living anymore? It's winter time, you know. People must have called. Take that talk away. Well then, let me close this front door. What all the sick and wounded, frist you know, to freeze to death? You're standing in my way, cold man. I have business inside. Not be off with you before I have you arrested for obstructing an officer in the performance of his duty. <laughs> it is Carvel. Yes. You will come with me to the tour for questioning. Oh, this is
2: a difficult time of day for us. We're very busy. May I come tomorrow morning?
1: I am not making a request, Edith Cavell. I am making an order. Am I under arrest? Naturally. I might as well tell you all the others in your organization have been rounded up and have confessed. I don't believe you. Oh, then there is no organization. I know of no organization. Really? Hundreds of escaped soldiers are walking in and out of your clinic, and it is not organized. It is all over, Fräulein Cavell. The game is finished. You have gambled and lost. They have all confessed. Nobody has
2: confessed, for there is nothing to confess. Perhaps.
1: We shall see. Put on your coat. May I write one letter? No, you may not write one letter. You may not... Delay the interrogation. You will come with me at once. But I can't just walk out and not leave some word. If the commander tour authorizes, you can write at police headquarters.
2: They placed me in a cell. It was agreed, or, or should I say permitted, for me to write one letter. My dearest sisters and nurses, I hope you're not worrying about me. They have told me I shall be questioned again and again until they have what they wish to know, and then I shall know what they will do with me. Can you send me my imitation of Christ and some embroidery to work on? Only a few things as I have no place to put them. I will write again when there's anything to tell. Don't... uh, Don't worry. We must pray for the best. I hope all of you will carry on as usual.
1: God open the edis café cell door. Good evening, Fräulein. I have come to talk with you.
2: Herr Mayor. I have no chair to offer. Only this one is provided.
1: Have they made you comfortable? You are now, uh, let me see, four days as our guest. You receive from friends packages, flowers, yeah? Ah, I see you have been reading. Who is it?
2: A book by Thomas Kempis.
1: Give it here Imitation of Christ. I know it well. We Germans are not so illiterate as you might presume.
2: I presume no such
1: thing. I open it to look. Hmm. You have marked some passages, quite a few.
2: Have you come here to make fun of me, Herr Mayor?
1: Not at all. I have come to improve my English. Here I read where you underline. If thou art unwilling to suffer, thou refusest to be ground. But if thou desire to be ground... Fight manfully, endure patiently. How is my English? Quite good. And do you endure patiently, Pauline Cabell? Ah. These horses are quite charming. (laughs) The chrysanthemums, however, they are not doing so well. No, they're
2: dying. They don't like prisons any
1: more than I do. That seems to be the general complaint of your former associates. Albert Leibitz, for instance, a great complainer. The coal man. We have him, too. The owner of a cafe you are known in, he is here. Also, Philippe Bock. You know him? All these people are here. Did you not know? And they have all confessed. I don't believe you. Now,
2: may I have my book back, please?
1: Read me your favorite passage, bitte.
2: It is no small prudence to keep silent in an evil time and not
1: be troubled by the judgment of men. Do not worry, Fräulein. The judgment will come soon enough. You Germans may give the
2: orders, Herr Mayor, but the judgment is God's.
1: In a matter of hours, the Germans reached out and choked off that courageous lifeline by which one woman gave hundreds of fighting men a second chance to fight again. Anyone who had even anything to do with this extraordinary organization in Belgium was arrested. I'll be back shortly with Act 3. When the Germans could not force a confession from Edith Cavell, they forged a confession. And so, some thought Nurse Cavell had betrayed the loyal Belgians, all of whom risked their lives that others might live. But those who knew her better knew it could not have been her signature on the affidavits.
2: My dear sisters and nurses, thank you for my imitation of Christ. Will you also send me my little prayer book? And thank you for looking after my dear old Jackie. Please brush him sometimes and take him for a walk. He enjoys it so. Will you please send me... At once, my blue coat and skirt, white muslin blouse, and my gray gloves. I would like to wear them for the trial. Loved you all. I hope to see you all soon, as time may be short. Your matron.
1: Fraulein. Yes, Herr Mayor. I have been informed you asked for ordinary clothing to wear at the trial. Yes. Why don't you wear your nurse's uniform? A woman in a uniform, a red cross uniform, might find more sympathy with the judges. I never wear my uniform outside the hospital. I would suggest, Fräulein, you can use all the help you can get. Heaven will help me. Natürlich, really, of course. It is for heaven to rescue you, English. Do you know what we say of you here, Fräulein Gawell?
2: I have no idea.
1: <laughs> we call you... The angel from England.
2: Well, I certainly am from England.
1: Do you know also what we say of angels? No. They're very nice people, angels. But too bad. They are all dead.
2: Dear sisters, your delightful letter gave me great pleasure. And if I have not thanked you for your lovely flowers... They have made my cell gay. The roses are still fresh, but the chrysanthemums did not live very long. I am happy to know you are working well and devoted to your work. If you were in my place, you would learn how precious
0: liberty is.
1: Or Edith Cavell will take the stand. Edis Cavell, from November 1914 to July 1915, you have lodged French and English soldiers, including a colonel, all in civilian clothes. You have helped Belgians, French, and English of military age by furnishing them with the means of going to the front, notably in receiving them at your nursing home And giving them money. Yes. Who was the head, the originator of the organization?
2: There wasn't a head of the organization.
1: Was it Albert Liebes? No. Philip Bork? No. Why have you committed these acts?
2: I was sent to begin with two Englishmen who were in danger of death. Both were wounded.
1: Now, Fräulein, once these people crossed the frontier, did they send you news to that effect?
2: Four or five did so.
1: Ah. What did Philippe Bock do? What was his role?
2: I knew Monsieur Bock very little. I met him a few times. I I don't know what his role was. Mm. In
1: your signed affidavit, you gave names of those you recruited for this clandestine work.
2: There were no names on the document I signed.
1: I hold up this affidavit, and it has names on it and your signature. Are you telling me this is not your signature? I'm
2: not saying it is or it isn't. I'm saying there were no names on the document. Yes, yes, yes,
1: we know what you said. You don't have to repeat it. Do you realize your actions would be to the disadvantage of Germany and to the advantage of the enemy? My preoccupation
2: has not been to aid the enemy. But to help the men who applied to me to reach the frontier. Once across the frontier, they were free.
1: How many people have you sent to the frontier? About 200. Fräulein, you may step out of the witness box. You are dismissed.
0: Is that all, Albert? They're not give you a chance to say anything or, or
1: explain anything. My uh, sister, they are going to make short work of us all. I can't bear
0: it. Did you see Nurse Cavell's face? Ah, oh,
1: so much suffering.
0: For one who has eased the suffering of so many others.
1: While i invite right, to the stand, Peter. And so, Fräulein Wright, you admit your treachery. Dressed as a nurse, hiding behind the uniform of the Red Cross, you have dishonored your calling. Do you have anything further to say?
0: No. Speak up. I said no. Louder! I
1: want the entire world to hear. I have
0: nothing further to
1: say. You wish to be a martyr like Fräulein Kabel, is that not so? answer me! When you were harboring the enemies of Germany, did you not know what danger you are in in acting so? One must
0: do one's duty without thinking of the consequences.
2: One must do one's duty. Without thinking of the consequences. I can never forget Sister White's words. That night, when we were taken from the trial and again locked up, I asked to see the Reverend Gehan, but not yet, I was told. He would not be allowed to see me until after I was sentenced. High treason? It's unbelievable. Do you think... I think you and I and Albert and Philippe do not have very much of a chance. Yes, I.
0: I feel it all going against
2: us. But what does it matter, so long as we're not shot?
0: Oh, if only I had your composure, Nurse Cavell. Oh, what is your secret? I have no secret, Sister White.
2: Grant me patience, O oh Lord, even now in this emergency. Help me, my God. And then I will not fear, however grievously
1: I be afflicted. God, open Fräulein, Café, cell door. Good evening, Fräulein. Good evening, Herr Mayer. You keep your cell very clean. No, 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 don't, don't get up. It is your cell, it is your home, and the one chair is your chair.
2: Have you come this evening to discuss my furnishings?
1: I came to bring you this. A Bible? From your pastor, the Reverend Gerard. It is never a bad thing to read a good book, but, Fräulein, frankly, if you ask me, I think you are reading it too late.
2: When will we know?
1: The sentence... A morning, I should imagine. Good night, Fräulein Judas. Guard the cell door.
2: I am racked with grief of heart. I am burdened with sins. I am troubled with temptations. And there is none to help me and save me but Thou, O oh, Lord God. whom I commit myself, that thou mayst keep watch over me and bring me safe to life everlasting.
1: Philippe Boke, Todesstrave. Edith Cavell, Todesstrave. Louise Toulet, Todesstrave.
2: Todesstrave. Death for five of us. The others received prison sentences. Some were even acquitted. What could I write, Mother? What could I say now to the sisters at the hospital? Death. I knew, of course I knew. Deep down,
1: I must have known. Reverend, you may go in. God. to be with you, my child.
2: No. It's useless. I am English and they want my life. Yesterday I was thinking of the last two we sent across the frontier. And how you tore a visiting card in half to help us. Did they get away safely?
1: Uh, no, I'm afraid they were caught almost at the border. And have been sent to prison.
2: They do. How long will they give me?
1: Uh, Only until tomorrow morning at sunrise.
2: The sun rises at five these days?
1: Yes, yes. Oh,
2: Reverend, you must not let my death affect you so. It was good of you to come.
1: Every day I have been asking them. They would not let me see you before.
2: But you know, Reverend, I've seen death so often... It isn't strange or or fearful to me. My life has always been hurried and full of difficulties. The time of rest has been a great mercy.
1: (sighs) Ten weeks of imprisonment?
2: Everyone here has tried to be kind. I was thinking, even as I stood in the dark, being sentenced, and now, as I stand so close to God, patriotism is not enough. I must have no hatred or bitterness toward anyone.
1: Uh, they would not let me even attend the trial.
2: It was fairly conducted, Reverend. You see, under the circumstances, I did expect to be shot. Oh, now you sit,
1: Reverend. I
2: sit on the bed and, and you sit on my one chair.
1: Oh, I, uh, I see someone sent you flowers. But the sister.
2: I've kept them all this time, even though they're dried and faded. But I remember them as they
1: were once, full of life. Do you... Do you know the hymn made it, Abide with me? Yes. Well, uh, shall we say the words together? Abide, abide with, with me, me. fast falls fall the, the eventide. The darkness, darkness deepens. deepens. Lord, Lord with, with me, me abide. abide. When, when other, other helpers fail, fail and, and comforts flee, help of the, of the helpless, helpless, oh, abide, abide with, me. with me. But how can I be sure
2: there is a heaven for
1: me after death? I feel I have been so. I am so unworthy. Edith, do you remember the story of the thief on the cross? And do you remember, the Lord said unto him, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And he was a thief. Edith, you have nothing to feel unworthy of, be ashamed of, and nothing to fear. Oh, thank you. I feel more at peace now. Yes, well, uh, perhaps I had better go as, You will want to rest.
2: Ah, yes, I have to be up at five in the morning. We shall meet again.
1: Yes, we shall, Edith. God be with you. Two hours after sunrise, the morning of October 12th, 1915, Edith Cavell and Philippe Fox died in front of a firing squad, brought down by two salvos of rifle fire, which echoed and re-echoed for many years. Yet all this might never have happened. There is a postscript, if not an epitaph, about which I'd like to tell you when I return shortly. Truly, the name of Edith Cavell is among the great heroes of war. She set an example of devotion and selflessness which has never been exceeded and never been forgotten. But had not Belgium been the scene of fierce fighting, Edith Cavell, like the other nurses of her hospital, might never have been heard of. There would never have been the great need for the angel from England. Was it the hand of fate that gave us this extraordinary woman? Isn't it amazing that so often, when crisis or catastrophe arises, fate sends us a savior? Our cast included Marion Seldes, Brian Rayburn, Court Benson, Robert Dryden, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. You know Gil Blake?
2: Well, I've never actually met him, but...
1: correction, beautiful. You just did. Step in. The name is Gil Blake.
0: I went into that room because I knew instinctively I had no choice. There was danger there. All the old forgotten reflexes sent off
2: a warning buzzer in the back of my head. Behind the man, I could see a robe thrown carelessly on the bed, a typewriter with a sheet folded in the platen, a battered hat I knew only too well. Everything in that room belonged to Gil, except this big man with the unbelievably light blonde hair and the deep, slow, drawling voice that claimed his name. Whoever he was,
1: he was most assuredly not Gil Blake. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.